0: Welcome to Alphabet Finance Psychopedic Marvel Journey where I go through Fishheim book of the Marvel Universe with guests who talk about all the characters we know and love and have forgotten as well. My name is Jesse, and with me today is uh someone who's like real pale. Uh Rob. Hello. It's
1: uh it's just because I don't get a lot of sun. Uh, not so much that I'm an actual albino.
0: Yeah. So today we're talking about Tombstone um who is not a pizza but is a Spider-Man villain who's been around for a little bit now he is newer than you think yeah he's way newer but like he ever since he was uh introduced like he seems to have taken a pretty decent role as a one of the uh many reoccurring uh mobsters uh basically um but, uh, but yeah so uh what what's your like one sentence thing uh you'd have to say about tombstone uh
1: at this time he was an extremely extremely strong and very intimidating albino hitman
0: yeah um so he uh his real name is uh lonnie thompson lincoln he he, he's he's a hitman he's a uh citizen united states with a criminal record and escaped convict uh no other aliases uh uh, he was born in Harlem, New York. He is single, and he uh, was... Well, he.
1: It says no known relatives, but that is no longer true.
0: Yes. And he worked with uh, the Kingpin and the Arranger, and currently employed by the Chameleon and Hammerhead. Um, and he first appeared in Spider-Man issue... Web of Spider-Man, issue number uh, 36... In uh, March
1: thirty-five.
0: Thirty-five. Oops sorry. Thirty-five. Uh issue number thirty-five. In February nineteen eighty-eight. Uh you can go home again and uh you know, this is a cover. It is a it's I've a very. very g-
1: it's oh sorry, go ahead.
0: I've seen this cover a decent amount. I don't know
1: why. Well, it's an expansion. It's uh, it's also the fir- you would have just seen it a couple of episodes ago because it's also the first appearance of the second tarantula. Yes. Uh, it's also yes. an early example of an homage cover, as it's the an homage to the cover of Amazing Spider-Man eight, which is the first appearance of the Living Brain, who reappears in this issue.
0: That's probably part of it, because I remember the living brain <laughs> the uh, uh, thing in it. But, uh, but yeah, so it is well, apparently a special tribute to Teenagers episode.
1: Well, I mean, as, as was its original. And this is, I believe, the first issue back for writer Jerry Conway, who had been at DC for uh, over a decade at this point and had been on Spider-Man since uh, the mid-70s. Yeah. so, so this issue is starting to set up a lot of the plots and subplots that he's going to be doing over the next couple of years as he takes over Web of Spider-Man and uh, Spectacular Spider-Man.
0: Yeah. And as I always say this, I really love the title art of Web of Spider-Man. It's just real good. Um, And this is a black suit uh, Spidey era. Um, He has... As we mentioned, uh, we have black suit Spidey kind of, well, it looks like he's fallen, falling, um, but he's kind of, you know, suspended in the air and we, yeah, uh, and we see, uh, Spider-Man versus living brain, but the living brain is in a shiny body, uh, and Peter Parker's return to Midtown High, who, which at this time he would have been in college for a long time. Yeah, he,
1: he went back as a, this is, uh, you know, he would do this years later in the uh, Straczynski run, but this was his first run as a brief substitute teacher.
0: Yeah, and apparently in the dramatic return of one of Spider-Man's uh, deadliest super uh, That villains, was the
1: Tarantula, which, uh, hmm. uh, calm yourself down there, little Jerry Conway. The Tarantula, come on. I, I, I'm fond of the tarantula, but he's just a guy with pointy shoes.
0: Yeah. Uh, also, like, they they really do love selling, overselling their villains, because it'd be like, the strangest foe of all, and because uh, um, someone did like a redraw of the X-Men 3, I want to say, uh, where the blob shows up for the first time. And you know, it has like the strangest foe of all. I'm just like, it's just a really fat dude. Come on. <laughs> it's a bunch of fat dudes. <laughs> and no, uh, it, it this
1: shows the living brain on the cover and it, it hints at the tarantula, but the but Tombstone is not mentioned out at all, and I think he only appears for like a panel in this issue. Yeah. So this doesn't really set up any of his whole deal yet.
0: Yeah. And uh as we mentioned before, Tombstone, he's uh he's African American, uh, but he's like albino, um, and he, he has sharp teeth.
1: It's later revealed that he just files them.
0: Yeah, he has sharp teeth. Uh, he, he has no superhuman powers, so
1: at the time, yeah,
0: at the at this time,
1: and he, he's yep. also got a vocal cord defect, so he always speaks in a whisper. So he's got a lot of stuff making him creepy.
0: Yeah, he's uh, you know, I would I would be scared, uh, but but yeah, so. Uh, Lonnie Thompson Lincoln is a albino who grew up in a predominantly black neighborhood in Harlem, New York. His albinism at his age also had a along with the albinism at his age. He also had a vocal cord uh, issue, which only allowed him to speak in a whisper. Uh, whether this defect is also congenial due to child or due to a childhood accident is not known. Uh, to compensate for his appearance, he basically just got jacked and became and took up school bullying. <laughs> Which, how terrifying would it be to just be lifted up by like a buff, like uh, just a buff kid who could only whisper, being like, I'm gonna get you, nerd. Oh my god. Ooh, that's gonna, ooh, that's haunting. Um, but, but yeah, but basically, he would just like extort people for lunch money. Uh, which is, you know, a bully thing to do when you're in school. Uh, but people called him Tombstone due to his uh, deathly pallor and the pun upon his uh, middle name, Thompson, which I feel like that's forced a little bit. Um, you can just call him uh, Tombstone because he looks like a corpse and he's built like brick wall. But bam. In Harlem High School, the only person who exhibited any civility towards a tombstone was a student named Joe Robinson, who we talked about previously. A tombstone received Robinson's kindness as a token of friendship. So when he discovered uh, Robinson was writing an expose of his extortion activities, Thompson uh, felt betrayed. Uh, one night when Robinson was working late at the school newspaper, Tombstone attacked him, where, uh, warning him not to publish the article, um, which I don't think he did at the time. Did he? I don't think he did, cuz I remember cuz I remember him regretting not calling out Tombstone earlier cuz he thought he could prevent it him from becoming what he did. Um <clears throat> yeah. years later, Robinson received an anonymous phone call from the office of the Philadelphia Inquirer where he worked from a man claiming that he witnessed Tombstone murder, a Philadelphia crime lord named Ozzie Montana, Ozzie Montana montana uh robinson attempted to meet the witness uh on the waterfront but he discovered the man dead in tombstone's uh stranglehold tombstone had become a hitman in philadelphia but due to his perceived friendship with robinson he did not kill the young reporter instead issued another warning threatening robinson's life should he testify about the murder um Tombstone remained in Philadelphia as a mob enforcer for 20 years until uh, the Kingpin and his right-hand man, the Arranger, brought him to New York and hired him to kidnap a Wall Street broker named Roland Raymond, who possessed the immune ability to persuade people.
1: He later became the Persuader.
0: Yeah, because people in Kingpin's orbit often names themselves, uh, I'd say. Well, he also got like a straight-up gonna...
1: supervillain costume.
0: Well, yeah, he did. Um,
1: kind of had like a spirograph on the chest.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: I believe we looked at it when we did the Lobo Brothers.
0: Yes, yeah, we talked about it forever ago. Um, when Robinson, now editor-in-chief of the Daily Bugle, saw Tombstone in Manhattan, he decided to confront the killer with a pistol and decided to bring him to justice. Tombstone mused at Robinson's bold behavior disarmed him, and crushed him in a bear hug, almost breaking the editor's spine again. Well, almost breaking <clears throat> almost breaking his spine, but he didn't wish to kill Robinson out of some misguided sense of friendship. Um, he really needs to have a hug, like a good hug, like not a one that crushes someone, but like so I'm gonna say that like hug him and say hey you're valid. Well you apparently by that. all reports
1: he is a <clears throat> loving father.
0: Apparently. Um I am I have not read enough tombstone and detail um to really really know much. Uh the Cross from Crime Finder known as Spider-Man sought revenge against Tombstone for nearly crippling his uh good friend Robinson. Spider-Man confronted Tombstone upon a still girder superstructure at a construction in site in Atlanta, Georgia. Tombstone misjudged the strength of the Mask Vigilante and met defeat at his own hands. Um I always like to bring up that Spider-Man could punch holes through people, but he doesn't, because he's real strong. He's a real strong boy. Uh he just he just pulls his punches. Well, and that was always
1: sort of an acute, uh, sort of a, what some readers had an issue with, with um, Jerry Conway's run, is that often Spider-Man would have trouble with opponents who didn't have any powers. Yeah. You know, like the original Tarantula, or Jigsaw, or, um, you know, the Punisher, even.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I would have a little bit of a problem with that, I think, too. Because sometimes people make them, like, seemingly very underpowered, but, like, Spider Man
1: is pretty strong. Yeah, I really think it's generally that he is not doesn't want to hit anybody that hard if he doesn't have to.
0: Yeah, um, I think. Uh, well, it was a result of uh, his wish to was brand new. No, not brand new day. One more day.
1: Oh, what? or oh, to uh, where no one dies. N-
0: no, the one where. Yeah, well, the one where he. No, no, it was, it was, uh, Civil War. No, it was during Civil War, where after he revealed his uh, identity, uh, Aunt May was put in the hospital. No. Who am I thinking of? Some of his loved ones were beat up real bad uh, by Kingpin's, uh, men, and he basically showed that Kingpin, that he was always holding back. Yeah, that was, uh, that was back in black. Back in black, that's what it was, Yeah. He showed basically, he basically beat Kingpin to an inch of his life. It was just like, I always held back when I was fighting you. And they kind of just left scaring him, which, uh, which, you know, which I always like that kind of dynamic he had where it'd be like, yeah, I can beat the snot out of everyone, but like, I want to give everyone like a chance, I think, which also leads to a lot of his problems. But I mean, what is Spider-Man with problems he created himself? Um, <clears throat> I'm not going to get into the whole like Joker should kill Batman thing uh, here, but um, but yeah, Tombstone was uh, oh, I was saying that yeah, Tombstone was sentenced to a lifelong uh, imprisonment at a federal penitentiary in Philadelphia for various crime activities, including murder, which Robinson finally testified having witnessed uh, two decades ago. When Tombstone learned that Robinson was going to be incarcerated at another federal penitentiary in Lewisburg, Pennsylvania, for withholding evidence from authorities, he used his outside connections to obtain a transfer to that prison facility. Tombstone then learned to his dismay that Robinson had befriended an enormous conflict named a convict named a Bruiser, who had appointed himself Robinson's bodyguard. Although Bruiser protected Robinson for a while, Tombstone finally caught the gentle giant unaware and beat him to death. Um, Tombstone then joined a daring prison break using Robinson's as bait to lure Spider-Man as a hostage. Tombstone forced Robinson, whose will had now was now broken, to inject Spider-Man with an experimental virus, which he had obtained uh, from his... Outside contact, the chameleon, proceeded to beat Spider Man within an inch of his life, but kept him barely alive as a hostage while he and Robinson escaped in a helicopter. Just when Tombstone was about to kick Spider Man off the high flying helicopter, Robinson leaped upon Tombstone, knocking him out and the killer out of the helicopter. Um, where actually Tombstone and Robinson survived the fall by landing and the. Sp- Susquehanna,
1: uh, the Susquehanna. I think one of those weird upstate New York. Yes,
0: Sus- Susquehanna a River. They emerged from the river, a bed located next to an Amish farm and Tombstone, commanded an Amish farmer to f- to tend to the unconscious Robinson's wound. While as as soon as Robinson felt well enough, Tombstone challenged him to a duel to settle their differences once and for all. Although Tombstone had the upper hand through most of the battle, Tombstone made the mistake of tossing Robinson close to a pitchfork. The editor stabbed uh, Tombstone in the abdomen with a tool. Although he survived the attack, Tombstone was severely wounded and shocked that his friend's behavior and Robinson subsequently uh, received a pardon and regained his liberty. Tombstone then joined. Criminal Companions, Hammerhead, and the Chameleon, but his agenda against Joe Robinson is far from resolved. Um, So, uh, he's 6'7", weighs 215 pounds, has pink eyes, white hair, and white skin. Uh, He does a lot of exercise, and uh, he has no superhuman powers at this point in time, but he does like to get real up and close and personal, usually uh, to his victims, usually by strangling. It's assumed he also... Is like, you know, can use firearms because he's a mobster. But that is, that is is him.
1: Yeah, that is not entirely true anymore, is he was uh, exposed to an experimental gas during a robbery uh, against Osborne Chemicals, and he ended up uh, getting, you know, like, stone-hard skin, and I think he doesn't need to breathe anymore.
0: Yeah, see, that's um, what I'm remembering, I think I read more of uh, that era, Um, but yeah, he definitely has an upgrade now.
1: Yes, and also we now know that he has a daughter, uh, Janice Lincoln, who is the current Beatle.
0: Yes, Um, but uh, besides that, um, is there anything else you want to say about him? No, I mean, I've always liked uh,
1: Tombstone, one of the... Uh, one of the few recurring African American villains in Spider-Man's uh cast of uh, foes I think definitely the most prominent one I can think of and certainly the the one who's really taken like the, you know you see him in like cartoons and uh and movies and such because he's in um uh into the Spider-Verse.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He like he definitely like he's not as old as you would think because like a lot of Spider-Man's villains that, like, that kind of stand the test of time are, you know, were created in, like, 60s and 70s. Yeah, I mean, and, he uh, is
1: one of the rare post, uh, I'm gonna say 1975, or even, you know, even post, uh, Ramita, like, post Spider-Man 100, you don't have a lot of, uh, villains with a lot of staying power.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's, like, you know, there are some exceptions that rule, but, like, for the most part, it's, you know, a lot of long, well, long um, standing characters. But, uh, but yeah, so... And I I kind of like
1: that he's a throwback to, like, Spider-Man's mobster-type villains, like the Enforcers or the Big Man.
0: Yeah, I think it would be fun... I think it'd be fun to do uh, some more mobster stuff, even though I will say sometimes I don't get 100% into those. Um, But I do like I do like stuff like the Enforcers and, like, t- well, Tombstone, uh, no Hammerhead, and whatnot. Um, but, yeah, that's about it. So, what do you have to plug? All right, so I'm on a Transformers
1: podcast, uh, Stasis Pod, the Transformers Rescue Bots podcast. Uh, we're going episode by episode through the second season of Rescue Bots now. We're nearly done. And I'm also on Twitter at at RulerBoulon, R U L E R. B-U-L-O-N, where I talk about weird Marvel stuff pretty much every day.
0: Yeah. Uh, my, yeah, my name's Jesse. I have another podcast called uh, Over Ensmith where I uh, and my friend Faith uh, read and talk about H.P. Lovecraft stuff, and we'll release an audiobook if it isn't too boring or racist. Um, I have all the links to where you can support me and you know see everything in the description. And, uh, Yeah, this has been Alphabet Flight. May Khonshu protect you through all of your night travels. Good night.